This is Aurora. My name is Tim Difford. You're listening to the podcast from Soprasteria's Horizon Scanning Team. Along with my colleagues Richard Potter and Ben Gilbert, we look out three to five years into the future at the technological changes which are likely to have an impact on our clients and their customers. This time, in the second of two episodes on this topic, we continue to focus our attention on advances in wearables and other smart devices aimed at boosting our individual performance and capabilities, the augmented human. If you listened last time, you'll recall that Richard sounds a bit funny because he's joining in via the speaker on my iPhone. Sort of route, a stage on the way, I guess. Here's, Here's Ben Gilbert. Kind of idea. Now, an even more extreme idea of what human augmentation could be, um, which is kind of to do with nanotechnology and how we can start to implant kind of machines which are going to uh, change fundamental things in our body or even alter our genetic code so that you might be able to kind of rule out certain genetic abnormalities so uh, have a medicine which is going to make you not have certain diseases or very significantly reduce your chances of getting it throughout life or something which is going to yeah, kind of more naturally make you kind of bigger, stronger, anything like that. Um, it's different in the sense that the kind of augmentations we've been talking about so far are things which you could almost install and uninstall. But that, on a genetic sense, is something which, once it's done, is it reversible? And are you then changing the entire kind of future of your, your kind of children and kind of your bloodline thereafter? Do you have to think then... Uh, yeah, is it is it your decision to change something which is going to affect the people after you? If that makes sense, it does. Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly a stage we're into the realms of futurism. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we need to revisit the fact that we're we're looking out three to and five years me. into the future, and nanotechnology is is still it's science fiction in a way. You know, yeah. the, the, the the science is is moving on, but uh, I'm fascinating though, though yeah. it is, and I love those science fiction stories, but. It's definitely a phase beyond the connected human and the augmented human, isn't it? But it yeah. could be the ultimate augmentation, I suppose. But, but I think we, we can say, in terms of that sort of nearer utility of this, that, that, that actually you, the, the key things that these, this sort of assimilated technology in and around the human being are going to be, are going to be um, focused on things like uh, validating identity, they're going to be focused on enriching experiences with with information, so enhancing the kind of the, I suppose, the sort of the sensory input uh, and, and uh, intelligence that, that humans are gathering around themselves in that way. Um, are, are there any other in, sort of big use cases that we can see as we start to, to, to augment even more technology in and around the human being uh, over the next I think it's interesting to see how basic the use cases for the existing uh, range of wearables are. Actually, you know, we're seeing interesting a rash of a rash of blog posts around people that have lived with the Apple Watch for a few months. And actually, if you think about it, you know, there's now a, a payment use case, you know, a low value payment use case. There's the health wearable use case, and they're reasonably well established in, in terms of payment becoming established quite quickly um, but a lot of people reporting that actually beyond notifications and, and 
the chance for me to leave my smartphone in my bag or my pocket to, to, to see my texts and emails or whatever, people are reporting fairly low usage of apps, uh, the absence of a killer app um, at this stage. Um, so, interestingly, a way to go, I think, in terms of yeah. the emergence of these these use cases. I mean, we, we've we've speculated, haven't we, about the sort of use cases that might emerge more around um, Google Glass equivalent products that can provide real time guidance to people doing physical tasks or other tasks, either uh, you know uh, giving them notes in terms of the process of what they're doing or identifying. Uh, the vehicles, machines, or people that they're working on or operating on. I think there, there's some quite exciting potential in use cases are, is around that, but I think they're still in the lab uh, and not on the, the wrist or on our faces at the moment. Do you think there's a chance that it has missed the mark? Like, um, there's, there was 3D cinema years ago, and you used to be able to go into a cinema and watch films with those stupid red and red and blue yeah. or red and green yeah. lenses then that came back again uh, in your living room a 3D TV again with glasses um, but that didn't come off either but that's because it was driven not from the customer demand and that's an yeah. interesting point that was driven by the studio saying this is your next upgrade that we are yeah. going to sell you and it's 3D and customers stayed away in droves really because they didn't like having to wear the clunky glasses yeah. and, and stuff like that and it, and it fell flat and, and so it was. So interestingly, it was foisted on the market rather than customers demand. Gosh, I really want three D TV at home. Now, don't get me wrong; some people love it, and that's great. But you know, it didn't yeah. get to mass adoption in the way that the studios and the production companies in media had hoped. Maybe that's it. You know, ultimately, has the Apple Watch been foisted on the market? Have fitness yeah. bands been foisted on the market? Um, certainly, Google that's, Glass has yeah. struggled to find the perfect use case. Uh, they keep revisiting that and refreshing where they're going with it. I don't know. It's still kind of like... But there's, there's, I mean, what, a lot of what you're talking about there, though, Tim, is, is sort of an extension of the, the quantified self. And that's a really, that's a really interesting uh, illustration of this transition that, that we're anticipating in, in our conjecture. Is, is that uh, you know, Historically, wearables have been, you know, they've been part of that quantified self experience and a lot of the data that is being captured by these uh, these wearables is then uh, is then used outside the wearable, outside the human. It's then you know uh, a dashboard that you're looking at on an app, or it's a dashboard that you're looking at online, and you're making decisions based on that externally to the, the augmentation itself. As we as we go through, what we would expect to see is is that some of that data that is being captured by these devices that we're wearing or you know inserting inside our bodies. Those are actually being used in real time to mm -hmm. actually interact with our, our bodies as human beings. So that, that, that sort of that hiccup that happens in that experience where we actually go to an app, we go to you know, another device to, to look at what, what we're getting from the data, we, 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 we're expecting that that will be displaced and it will actually be much more real time fed back into the experiences and the lifestyles mm -hmm. of, of us as human beings. Yeah. I think that's... And then the use cases that then come from that about, you know, so a lot of them are pretty creepy because they're, they're you know, these are really quite um, sort of internalized things associated with our, our privacy and our, our lives. But you can imagine how that, that can work in any kind of consumer service experience, 
critical point is another one of those little singularity moments isn't it that tipping point where you are able to respond in real time at the pace that you know without missing a beat really you'll be you're being informed by the sensors uh connected to whatever devices are, are, are on you in you with you or whatever to be able to modify your behavior in real time and and that seems to be quite a critical point to reach doesn't it Listening to Aurora, the podcast created by Sopristeria's Horizon Scanning Team. You can follow us on Twitter. Richard Potter tweets at Rich Potter underscore. Ben Gilbert tweets at Ben underscore Innovates. And I tweet at Tim Difford. We hashtag our discussions on wearables and human augmentation at hashtag augmented human. And if you're interested in exploring any of the other trends we regularly delve into, and you get your news fix from the Flipboard app on iOS, Android and Windows devices, search for our Aurora magazine where we collate stories which pique our interest from around the world. I've been Tim Diffin. We hope you've enjoyed Aurora and we hope you'll join us again soon.